Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. You're tuned in to Tapped Out. Hosted by Brendan Tobin and Sean Levine. Only on the BetQL Network. Where you at, Jacksonville? Rochester, Louisville? Lemp Biscuit? Anybody? Anybody? All right, fine. Well, welcome back into the show. I'm the sports machine, Sean Levine, with Brendan Tobin. The reason I brought up Jacksonville is because that's who kicks off next. Jacksonville at home. A two-and-a-half-point underdog taking on the Chargers. So that game kicks off, and we'll let you know any developments as the show rolls on. Let's get into the news and notes in our world, BT, the world of fighting. You literally just told me this, hot off the press, just announced UFC 286, Fazeev versus Gaethje. You want to talk about a banger? And that's not even the main event because that's on the uh, that's on the Uzman Leon card, so that's the co-main event. That's, that's, that's the one you got to get a ticket to. That's a good. That's a good fight, dude. That's a good fight. I mean, Fazeev proved a lot of people, uh, you know, wrong that last time around. You know, looking great in that fifth round against RDA. Um, he's on the up and up, and man, I mean, Gaethje. Every fight he brings is like a fight of the night candidate. So, whew, that's a good fight, man. That's a good fight. Who do you lean on that one early on? Well, funny you ask. Probably Fazeev. However. You mentioned Gaethje, and he gets into all these just absolute wars, which he does, especially with a guy like this, like with another guy that's willing to put his head down, meet a middle of the octagon, like the Michael Chandler fight. Sometimes you talk about these two guys that are going to bang for sure, and then the fight goes down, and you're like, nothing happened. I guarantee this one goes down. I guarantee somebody gets a finish. Fazeev, you know, maybe even by sub, like he can beat you in a bunch of different ways, but just Justin Gaethje, man, he's hard to take out of that octagon. Who you like? He- I'm leaning Fazeev early on too. Like the one thing with Gaethje is like these guys who are super skilled in the striking, um, you know, sometimes they can get him if they're just a little bit more pure. Like can he out tough Fazeev? That's going to be another thing. Like can he get him to a point where he's going to break down those legs, make him uncomfortable, you know, to be as bouncy as he is. Cause that's another thing about Fazeev. You know, he is, he's versatile in all spots. He likes to get a little fancy with it. So, you know, that's a fascinating fight. Like I'd love to know, like just, That'd be almost one I want to like live bet. Like, how does that first round go? And then just see where we go from there because, you know, so much can change with it. But I, I think I'm leaning Fazeev early on in it. I'm leaning Fazeev because I feel like he's got a little bit more tread on the tires, right? Both those guys kind of fight in very similar fashion. But, man, Gaethje at some point, I'm not saying he's there yet, but at some point he's going to be a different fighter. So that's why I'm taking Fazeev in this one just announced. That's the co-main event UFC 286 in London. Obviously, at the top of the card, that's Leon Edwards in the rematch, trying to uh, 
well, I should say, uh, Kamaru Usman trying to take his belt back from Leon Edwards. All right, uh, speaking of the belt, we were talking about this a little bit with Feezy. Aljamain Sterling has a torn bicep, so he's going to be out for a while. What do you think happens there? I proposed O'Malley versus Cheeto, but that's certainly not said and done. Well, I'm very confused by this because, um, like, the news, like, true to Aljamain Sterling, it feels like we never quite get the full story. So it's like, yeah, he's out for a while, and then he's like, sees that O'Malley and Henry Cejudo are flirting for a fight, for an interim title fight. And now all of a sudden he's like, whoa, 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 I'm only, it's only going to be an extra month. And so now all of a sudden I guess he's going to be good to fight again? I, I don't know. It, you know, Aljamain's so talented, but it just feels like, man, he just has not do, done himself any favors in the way of like people liking him over the last year, year plus, because there's just always weirdness around him. Like, look, if he has to be out and get healthy, there's nothing wrong with that. We're seeing this, you know, but they're going to put an interim title out on somebody, especially a division like that. You got to kind of keep it moving. This is the way of, of the UFC right now. Um, and it seems like, I don't know if he's worried about the Cejudo fight going by and he doesn't want to lose out on it. Um, because that was like his threat on Twitter. He goes, well, don't lose. He's like, don't lose to Sean O'Malley, Henry, because then your opportunity is gone. And uh, I don't know. It's just a, everything about that is weird to me. All right. I got a million questions now. First of all, why is Henry Cejudo just coming back and jumping right to the front of the line? That's one question I have. And second of all, the reason why, and I guess this isn't more a question. It's more of a statement. I think what the UFC is doing is if there's any way to get that belt on Sean O'Malley, we had this argument last week. I think Sean O'Malley is the most popular fighter in the promotion right now. So if they can get the belt on him in so any way, say. getting the <laughs> getting your belt on the most popular fighter is an important thing. It's one thing to have like a Donald Cerrone type guy, but if he's not the champion, it's not quite the same. We all know that. Now's the time for O'Malley because he could lose. He has lost in the past. So now if there's any way you can just be like, okay, Aljo, you're hurt. I mean, we're just going to – even if it's an interim belt, I just feel like that's the goal of the UFC if they were being honest with themselves by the end of the calendar year in 2023. Can we get that belt wrapped around Sean O'Malley's waist? Uh, I don't disagree with that. I, I think that this is a, a spot where, like, look, they have to put on pay-per-views and they like loading pay-per-views with title fights. And if there is a champion who is not available for a certain time and they got to keep, they're just going to do it. Like they don't care, but this has been a thing that's drove driven fans nuts for a long time. The oversaturation of interim belts. You know, I was one of those fans for sure where I was just like, Oh, interim belt. What are they doing this for? But it's kind of just gotten to the point where you just accept it and know that eventually there's going to be that unification and you'll get what you want. Um, and I don't disagree with you. I think if they have an opportunity to do a Sean Henry fight, yeah, they'll make it for an interim title. And then Aljo will fight the winner of that probably in like September or something like that. So I said on last week's show that Sean O'Malley is more popular than Jorge Masvidal. And then BT, who's always been the biggest honk for Jorge Masvidal, he had to chime in and cut me off. Like, no, no, no. What are you talking about? Jorge Mazadal, and he need Ben Askren in the face, and he knocked you're, out there. You're, you're painting, that, you're painting this. In a, you're painting Here this in a, bro, in a in a wrong spot. I mean, first of all, we were we were doing. You're gonna fight me. That was the segment, okay. and so you brought up the say. Is he the most popular fighter in the UFC in 2023? That's how we got into it. Don't act like it came out of okay. nowhere. All right. Well, thanks for telling the full story. So that's essentially how it happened. 
And then Sean O'Malley got word of it. I don't know if he listens to the show. If he does, what's up, Sean? Come on. Whenever you want, you got a live microphone. Second of all, I mean, he did call you fat, which was mm-hmm. a little unnecessary. Like, he could have just rude. called you the guy on the right. He could have said the right. good-looking guy on the right, which is what you were. The fat was a little unnecessary. But what he had to say, like, besides that, he was right. And I know he was just defending himself. But to think that, like, now that you've had a week to think about it, do you still so, think Jorge was a yeah. So, wait, you disagree yes. with the idea of him calling me fat, but not, yeah. but you agree with the fact that I'm not very bright. That's what he, that's yeah, not You very don't smart. call my boy fat. Because you're not felt, I would say. You don't come up with fat. I'm fine, but... with, I'm fine with being called fat. I don't care about that. I will say, with listening back to what I said, and by the way, how does he know? Our our Ratfink producer tagged him on Twitter. So Jake is the one Jake. who got him to see it on Twitter. So shout out to Jake. I mean, like, you got the you got you got you got the sugar show's attention because you know, obviously a little sensitive about what I said. Um, but okay. I think what I All said right. at the end was like because here's the thing that I've I this is this was the argument because you can you dog on Masvidal's popularity because he hasn't won since 2019. Kind of has been, yeah, he's great. Kind of a has been. It's a little bit strong, I would say, but fine. Um, and I would say Sean's like most notable things are look, he had the balls to step in there with Piotr Jan, but not everybody thought that he won that fight. Even yeah. he didn't think he won that fight. He was like, I gotta go back and watch. I'm not quite sure. He said that in the octagon after the fight happened. It was a close fight. He fought great. Don't get me wrong. Um. But that's his most notable moment. His other most notable moment, no, uh, moment is losing to Cheeto. So that was that's why that got brought up, and it obviously, uh, you know, ruffled the fro a little bit wrong. I don't know. He's got some viral knockouts, and the fro is pretty cool, whether it is the fro or whether it's in the corn row. So he talks a good game. He fights a good game, and he's not Patty Pimblett. That's the thing. And sometimes when these guys are fun to watch, he's not, and fun he's to not watch. now, dude. But like, he's not now because he had the balls to step in there with Jan. And he did win. Good for him. He got the nod. But don't. But what are you going to say not, when he beats Cheeto for the belt? Hold on. Hold on. What hold are you going to say when he beats Cheeto for the belt? Hold on, Sean. Let's not act like all the Patty Pimblet stuff wasn't being talked about by Sean one fight ago. All of that stuff was. That's fair. That's it fair. was. And 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 so look, he's super popular. I'd say he's probably you know if you want to say he's one one. I will say I did do some research on this. Doesn't have more followers than Masvidal on any on any social media platform. At all. I looked at all of them. Masvidal has more. Also, Masvidal's headlined some monster pay-per-views, which Sean has not done yet. It is one thing to be popular on social media. It is another to draw money for pay-per-views. We'll see if he does. I think he will. But I do think Masvidal deserves his respect on popularity. Here's how it works. Let 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 me break it down for you. Masvidal was the coolest guy in high school. But he's been out of high school now for, when's the last time he won a fight? Two and a half, three years? Is that right? Three years. According to the mm-hmm. calendar? Two and a half, three years. So he's not that guy anymore. He still wears his letter jacket. But the coolest guy in high school, who's now a senior, and it's his time, is Sean O'Malley. You see what I'm saying here? So when, like, when Mazzalot comes back to the party with the keg and everything, he's popular. He still gets the girls. But he ain't getting Sugar's girls. Does that make sense? Um, I don't know, dude. I mean, Masvidal, you put him in some fight. Like, Masvidal versus Leon Edwards. It's going to be a monster pay-per-view if that happens this year. Like, bigger than anything Sean's going to fight. It's also going to be total crap. Why would the champion fight Jorge Masvidal? Seriously. It, what if he's not There's champion? so many other guys in line. What if he's not champion by the, by the, after the Usman fight? It's still going to be a monster pay-per-view. Th- Three-piece in a soda, you don't think that's going to sell a gazillion pay-per-views? 
I got nothing. I thought you meant before he gets a chance at Usman. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. If, if, if Leon loses, and we all fully expect him to, but then we're going to wait for a trilogy, right? For but Usman, even if he doesn't, like, let's say, let, yeah, let's say Usman, let's say Leon wins. And, I mean, I'm just saying, like, Masvidal versus Edwards is a, is a huge business fight. Masvidal, you know, I, I can't say against McGregor, everybody's big, big against McGregor, but, like, he's still a huge draw. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying he's a better fighter right now than Sean O'Malley. Obviously, Sean's on the up and up and looks like he is championship quality. Just saying, like, respect Masvidal a little bit, dude. Dude's been around a while and has done some big business for the company. The thing about Sean is, unlike Masvidal, unlike Patty, these other guys we're talking about, and part of this, like you said, is because Sean's still somewhat new to the game, no duds so far. And they're going to come along at some point. Like, sure. I guess you could say the Matinho fight type thing. But even when he lost to Cheeto, wildly entertaining fight. Win or lose, he's one of those guys that you have to have your eyes on. And he happens sure. to be winning. The thing about Jan, I think, I don't think there's any funny business going on. Even though with all the James Krause stuff, that feels a little weird to say today. But it felt like, it felt like the majority of people thought, okay, Sean's going to lose this fight. He came in, that's what the underdog, that's what the odds makers told us. He came Definitely. in as a three to one underdog, right? And then if he can just hang around, if it's just even, then we'll give it to Sean. If it's even close, we'll give it to Sean. And it was definitely close, and they gave it to Sean. That's how I think it happened. Anyway, one hour in the book coming up next. BT and I lace up the gloves and we fight each other. That's right. Two guys fighting each other on your radio. You're locked into the bet, QL Network.